0: Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, June 29th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Access to mail-order abortion pills is a new front in the US legal battle over abortion. In the UK, there's a new call to ban live facial recognition technology in public areas. And the war in Ukraine has roiled another global industry, the timber trade. I'm Jess Smith, InfraMark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. There was a stunning moment in Washington yesterday. At U.S. congressional hearings into the January 6th attack on the Capitol, lawmakers heard testimony from a former White House aide. She said that former President Trump tried to commandeer the presidential limousine in an effort to join rioters who were attacking the Capitol. Secret Service stopped him. Here's the former aide, Cassidy
1: Hutchinson. The president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president, take me up to the Capitol now. To which Bobby responded, sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand
0: off the steering wheel. Hutchinson also testified that Trump demanded that his armed supporters be led into his rally before marching to the Capitol. The goal of the hearings is to reconstruct what happened when a pro-Trump mob attacked the Capitol building last January to try and block the certification of presidential election winner Joe Biden. In the UK today, an independent legal expert is issuing a study urging the government to ban live facial recognition in public spaces until there are laws to regulate its use. Here's our European technology correspondent, Maramita Mergia.
2: So really, there are two primary concerns. One is that it's inaccurate, and in particular, um, experiments Have shown that live facial recognition doesn't work as well on female faces and darker-skinned faces, and partly, you know, this is a solvable technical problem, but also partly scientists don't really know why this is the case. But while they're trying to figure it out, the technology is already being deployed and rolled out on the streets by people like the Metropolitan Police in London. So really, the big concern there is not only that it can get it wrong, but also that it can be discriminatory and biased in the process.
0: Madhu, what kind of laws could address these
2: issues? At the moment, we have privacy and data protection laws like the GDPR across Europe and the UK's version. We also have human rights laws and laws around equality and you know non-discrimination. But this review found that when you look across the spectrum of these laws, none of them really address the primary issue here, which is whether facial recognition is fit for public use or not, which is why he recommended that there need to really be completely new laws was written and then a kind of patchwork of regulation put in around
0: it. So compared to other countries, where does the UK stand in terms of regulating government use of facial recognition technology? So in the US,
2: um, it's happened on a sort of state by state level or city by city. So, for example, San Francisco and Oakland have both said that they will do a temporary ban of the technology live facial recognition until there's proper legislation or regulation in place. The EU is in the process of writing a brand new law called the AI Act, which will um, look at kind of regulating lots of different parts of artificial intelligence. Um, so it's a good time for the UK to kind of be a pioneer in this area because we're also rewriting here in the UK the data laws um, because we've separated out from the European Union. And so the UK government is actually in the process of rewriting all its data protection laws. So it'd be kind of timing-wise a good time to also look in parallel at biometrics.
0: Madhumita Mergia is the FT's European technology correspondent. Another economic casualty of the war in Ukraine has been the global trade in timber. Western sanctions have disrupted not only Russian timber exports.
1: Russia is the world's largest softwood timber exporter. And together with Ukraine and Belarus, which is also subject to sanctions, the three countries make up about a quarter of the global trade. So it's a really significant amount.
0: That's the FT's Madeline Speed. She reports that some countries plan to increase logging to make up for the shortfall. And that's a worry to environmentalists.
1: So in Ukraine, when the war broke out, there was basically a new law introduced, which was part of the kind of martial law, um, which basically said that they would lift restrictions on felling because usually they basically stop all felling during the spring and summer seasons to protect the kind of animal wildlife in the forests. And the idea is that they'll be able to increase their supply, you know, for the war effort, but then also longer term in order to boost export earnings. But it means that the forests are going to be hit. And forests obviously are critical to storing and uh, removing carbon from the atmosphere. A hundred world leaders pledged to halt deforestation by 2030. So there's just not a lot of wiggle room for these countries to start increasing logging while kind of sticking to their obligations.
0: That's the FT's Madeline Speed. In the U.S., demand for abortion pills has surged since the country's highest court last week struck down the constitutional right to abortion. Now access to these medications through telehealth is becoming a new legal battleground. Our U.S. pharmaceutical correspondent, Jamie Smith, joins me to talk more about this. Hi, Jamie.
3: Oh, good morning. So how big is the increase in demand for abortion pills? So we spoke to three of these telehealth abortion providers, Hey Jane, Just the Pill and Aid Access. And they said that uh, they had received uh, a twofold, a fourfold and a fivefold increase in inquiries and in some cases patient demand uh, and requests following the Supreme Court ruling on Friday, you know, which overturned Roe versus Wade, because what that judgment did was it triggered laws banning or severely restricting abortion in at least 13 states across the US. So that's left people looking for alternative ways to seek abortion care.
0: So what are abortion opponents doing in response to this, or what are they planning to do?
3: Now, during the COVID pandemic, U.S. federal regulators authorized telehealth providers to post pills directly to women's homes with no need to visit a doctor or a pharmacist in person. Now, because of the increase uh, in the use of abortion pills, you've seen conservative anti-abortion campaigners and Republican lawmakers pass laws in Republican-controlled legislatures across the U.S., which seek to severely restrict and, in some cases, completely ban access to these telehealth mail-order-style abortions.
0: And how would they enforce these laws?
3: It's going to be extremely difficult to do that. It's really difficult to search through the mail. In fact, it possibly could be illegal because in the U.S., mail between states is a federal responsibility and there's probably far too much volume to check every package. And actually, one of the providers, Aid Access, has said that it will continue to post pills into these states where there are specific bans. So it's in a sense saying it's going to flout the existing rules. So um, I think that issue of enforcement will, will probably be really important as we go forward.
0: Are there challenges to these efforts to block access to abortion pills? I mean, what have abortion rights supporters done legally?
3: One of the makers of the abortion pill, it's actually suing Mississippi over restrictions that it has attempted to introduce back in 2020 on medication abortion. This is looking like it's going to be a real test case as to whether the U.S. Food and Drug Administration rules on ensuring access to these abortion pills will will be upheld. On the day that Roe versus Wade was overturned, the Attorney General Merrick Garland released a statement saying that um, regulators at the FDA have approved the use of um, the abortion pill and that U.S. states may not ban the medicine. But what we don't know is exactly how they're going to try and prevent these state bans from going ahead. But certainly what we're going to see is a huge legal fight over this in the months and probably years to come.
0: Jamie Smith is our U.S. pharmaceutical correspondent. Jamie, thanks so much. Thank you. You can read more on all these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, Award-winning insights and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit Bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America NA Copyright 2024.
3: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?